loose ball. Ewing goes up. The basket counts. He gets it over to the doctor. Tie ball game. Here's a shot, Julius. He, he scores! He scores! Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied. Here is Durant moving on Tucker. He turns. He shoots. Yes! Knicks, Nets, and all things across the association. This is Pick and Pod on WFUV Sports. Welcome back to another edition of Pick and Pod. I'm Jack Roach here with Kelly Bright and Chris Persianen. And I don't know about you guys, but the NBA has always been a Christmas staple for me. And, you know, before we break down that, the Christmas games, the Nets, the Knicks, and how COVID's taking over right now, we're smack dab in the middle of holiday season. How are you both doing? Kelly, I see you're, you're already uh, getting ready for the festivities. Have you seen any good Christmas movies? How are you guys celebrating right now? So, yeah, for those listening and not seeing this on YouTube, I am wearing my Santa hat. Had to whip this out for the Christmas edition. Um, last minute decision, but I'm glad I made it. I'm still in New York. I haven't gone home yet, so not fully in the Christmas spirit, but... Favorite Christmas movie, Love Actually. I don't even know if it's it's really, it's a Christmas movie. I haven't yeah. seen it. You haven't seen Love Actually? No. What's kid, Should I watch it? Is that like yeah. something I have to put on the list? Sure. It, it's a must. And I'm guessing the fact that Chris hasn't jumped in yet, he hasn't seen it either. So that's your homework for both. I don't think I've ever heard of it. So. Oh my God. Both of you have homework after this, after this test. All right, I'm writing it down, writing it down. Elf is like my elf is like a close second. There we go. So I was gonna say I just got home last night from our beloved school, and um, as my finals went quite late, and I, you know I I woke up this morning like forgetting I wasn't still in the Bronx. Like I, I still have not settled into being here at all. Um, elf is indeed my favorite Christmas movie. I have already viewed it. Um, my my yearly tradition is my you know my Finnish side of my family is indeed in Finland but I have a bunch of my Dominican side here in the U.S. in uh, like New York Pennsylvania all over and even North Carolina I think some of my cousins came up we all got together in Pennsylvania and uh, as we do every year for Thanksgiving this was right before um, both of these new COVID variants started putting up Wilt Chamberlain numbers on the <laughs> on the case numbers, the, the daily new cases. So um, we got together for Thanksgiving and the tradition is before we, you know, get together every year, you're not allowed to see any Christmas movies. Like no one can watch any Christmas movies before Thanksgiving. Um, you can do it secretly, whatever. But like, if you admit to it, like you're getting flicked like someone's like throwing like a book at you or some you know it's like it's a Dominican household you're getting a sandal you know to the to the head probably um and then we all watch Elf so Elf is all of our first movie of the season and we don't watch it until after dessert so we have we have like early dinner late lunch and then later dessert and then we're all like fat and we all can't even like bring ourselves to walk. And that's when we all sit down and, and watch Elf. So personally, I'm barely even in the holiday spirit <laughs> because I just got home and it's three days before Christmas. So I think I'm going to have to spend some time sitting around the tree um, to, to feel like it's December, but 
you know, Elf. Elf is my favorite. And you know, of course, what, what I've seen. Chris, I love that. And just two reactions right off the bat. One, I say that COVID's putting up Will Chamberlain numbers like multiple times a day. That is like my favorite phrase. <laughs> Huge on that. And second, Kelly, my mom texted me like a minute ago because she can hear us talking right now. She goes, love actually is the best. So Thank you. That Thank you, mom. The agenda. A cultured so queen. <laughs> she knows. She knows. Yeah, tonight I'm watching um, It's a Wonderful Life with my family, which is kind of like a tradition for us. And as I become a little bit more of a Brooklyn Nets fan, you know, I'm raised a Celtics fan, but becoming more of a Nets fan, you know, Chris, you don't have to roll your eyes. I I know what you're thinking. Um, But the number one thing on, you know, a Nets fan wish list has been, you know, for ages, a return from Kyrie Irving. You say ages as if you've been a fan your whole life. Well, I follow the NBA. I, I, you know, I can, I can uh, get the updates from Billy Reinhardt on Twitter. Um, (laughs) On Friday, we got a um, notification update from the team that Kyrie Irving would be coming back. On Saturday, we heard from GM Sean Marks. He had media availability, which I was able to sit in on. And Steve Nash talked just about their decision to bring Kyrie back as a part-time player. Kelly, Chris, you guys offer the Knicks perspective um, on this podcast, but we're going to start with Kyrie. Chris, I know I, I see the beginning of the message you just sent about having to restrain yourself, but I want to go to you first, just about, you know, some immediate reactions to Kyrie's. You you put quotations around it. Return. Oh, yeah, because this goofus came back unvaccinated. (laughs) And it took one day of practice for him to catch the vid. I mean, like, to be honest, what the hell are we doing here, man? It, it, It got to a point where COVID got so bad. Just think about this context free. Remove the name. Irving comma Kyrie from this equation a team was down so many players due to a viral pandemic that they decided to bring back for only half of their games their most publicly the NBA's most publicly unimmunized player as a as a replacement for the immunized players getting this viral you know, disease, uh, that's, you know, this, this, this virus that's going around, they send the unvaccinated guy to the front lines to, to replace the vaccinated people getting it. And then it took literally one day for him to also get it. Now, if this was their plan or whatever, you know, maybe he didn't even, um, actually get it. You want to go super tinfoil hat. He didn't even test positive. They faked a positive test so that he could say they had it, get him out of the, get him in and out of the protocol as soon as he got back. And then he can't medically be like removed from the league again because he just had the disease and has natural antibodies. No, that's, that's. You want to go full tinfoil hat. This has been in the health and safety protocols multiple times this year. Like one player has been in Um, it multiple times. So I'm calling. (laughs) Well, the thing with Kyrie is that he has to test negative five times. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he's unvaccinated and then 
is has gone through protocol i feel like there's a grace period there of like you can play so i don't know like there's just like literally day one like this is insane um and i think the fact that this is not as talked about as you know other storylines around the league is exactly why these guys went to brooklyn um is so that they could get this kind of like shadow to to chill in and it's like working perfectly like think about it like they had one guy start the year like so ridiculously slow they have another guy playing mvp ball right now they have another guy who they can't get to play because he's unvaccinated or now has covid and no one hears about any of the three positive or negative as much as they probably would if they were on any other team it's just like it's crazy how perfectly crafted this all is. Like it's, it's, it's admirable to an extent. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we still hear about Kyrie a lot. Like I, I feel like, especially at the beginning of the season, we still talked about him way too much. And it was funny. We were recording live one-on-one this Saturday when they announced that they were going to sign Kyrie to the, bring him back for what half the games or the away games, whatever. And all three of us right there were like, he's getting COVID tomorrow. Like, there's no way they're going to bring him in when everyone in New York and their mother has COVID. And the one guy who's not, who's very publicly not vaccinated, you're telling me he's not going to test positive within 24 hours of being in that building. And what a coincidence that Kevin Durant also enters protocols the same day. Like, not a great day to be uh, a Nets fan like Mr. Jack Roche up there. Uh to see two of your big three go out. Harden is coming back, though, for at least the Christmas Day game. So that'll be interesting to see. I mean, he's – I mean, KD is is their guy, but this will really be a time for him to step up and see how he's going to lead this team. I mean, he's been the number one guy before. He's used to being the number one guy. That was the biggest concern with him coming and joining this big three and having to be a number two, number three guy. So going to be interesting to see moving forward – Without those two, as far as your conspiracy theory there, Chris, I don't, I don't know if Kyrie planned to get. Oh no, that's just that's that's <laughs> not serious. That's that. <laughs> respect my respect my Nets tinfoil hat. I respect. Uh, I respect. <laughs> well, another thing you claim was that Kyrie and KD went to the Nets because it's like a smaller, like less headlines for the, than the Knicks. Like, do you want to explain that a little bit more or just leave it as is? It's, fact. it's factual. What do you mean? Expl- explain. You're telling me the that only the reason why they went to the Nets. They, dude, do you, did you see, you, you, you saw Kyrie's time in Boston, like firsthand, like he would walk out of the, t- he would walk out of the tunnel and there would be all the cameras and mics waiting for him. And he would literally just be like, get this all away from me. Like, so he goes to New York. He wanted an organization that would allow him, like similar with the Clippers and Kawhi. It doesn't matter where the team's located. It's it's about a player having the control they want over their situation. Do you think James Dolan was going to offer that up? <laughs> like whether it's detrimental or not, and hint, like it's been detrimental for years. And now with Leon Rose, you know, I think we're getting to the point where Dolan is a neutral, uh, a neutral. And I think like disagreeing with that would probably be disingenuous i don't think we've heard dolan's name in in years in the news which is always nice um but like with the nets you know like it's just about Kyrie and katie being able to craft their own situation exactly how they want it it doesn't matter where they're located it matters that 
they neither of them likes the, the the media daily annoying spotlight where they try to ask you a million questions just to get a quote out of you so they can say you hate your teammate that you you know what i mean like the the, the spin yada yada they loved the control that brooklyn offered as a way of getting them to come there and it's it's been evident in their time there that like they kind of get things how they want and that's that's why they went you know like again whether it's good or bad for the Knicks Dolan was never doing that for those two guys so it, it, it made it pretty easy from Kyrie's perspective sometimes I I have to do a double take when it comes to your claim but I, well, I you, think that's you, very palatable like that I totally agree with what you just said I was gonna say like you can't that's like it's literally true like if you talk to people you talk to um like here's a random connection for you I have a I have a former boss who like has a friend who's like a high up at nike and who was telling me that they wanted kd to go to the knicks and he was like "Eh." (laughs) um you know these guys are just you can kd's twitter bio for like whatever 15 years now has been i'm me i do me and i chill Mm -hmm. like he puts out this persona that he's like very just like relaxed and zen and Kyrie literally has a very zen you know um aura to him and and just personality as well like these are very calm people and i think like the barclays center just fits that and the you know joe sai and the barclays center fit that a lot better for them you know they love the when they when they hang out with the brooklyn fans that those open practices at the parks like they love that stuff but kd literally says like he has said on twitter on microphones wherever like I know this fan base is smaller. I know this is a Knicks town. I know that like, whatever he, he, you know, he said the Knicks aren't cool, yada, yada. And then we went on to have, you know, a a year that took over the sports news nationwide, like just because we were decent, (laughs) like we were all right. And, and we were headlines every week. So I just think it's evident that like, you know, the Knicks are always going to get more coverage and for their personal tastes of not liking that coverage, I, I can get why they went to Brooklyn. Yeah, no, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. And, you know, we, we both recognize, we all recognize the talent that Kyrie Irving has and, you know, what, what comes with that. And they're bringing him now back as a part-time player because of the New York City vaccine mandates. Um, he'll be playing road games. Not sure when um, that official timeline, timetable will start just because of him entering health and safety protocols. But, you know, on Saturday, Sean Marks talked about how just the environment has changed and the workload starting to build up for their stars and continuity. That was one of the main reasons why they didn't bring him initially. in as a part-time player has kind of gone out of the window. And I want to start with you, Kelly, are you guys concerned at all about them bringing him in just as, a part-time player do you think that messes with the chemistry of the team I think it does um I think if I'm a player on a team and this guy hasn't been practicing with us he hasn't been through the games he hasn't been through the hardships through everything that everything that goes into a season up and downs and being in a locker room like that and being part of a team like yes I get that they're friends and they have relationships outside of basketball obviously we know Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are friends and I'm sure he's close to a lot of other players on the team but to me, if, especially if I'm a young guy vying for playing time, I've been stepping up when he's not there trying to earn minutes, prove myself. He comes in there and I'm somebody like 
Benbury or any of these young guys who have, who have honestly stepped up this year, I'm going to be frustrated if he just walks in and starts from day one. As soon as he's out of protocol, as soon as there's an away game, he starts and he gets a majority of the minutes. I don't see how, as a teammate, you're not frustrated in that situation. Even if it's what, even if you're, you know, you're for the team, you want what's whatever the best situation it is to get your team a win. Even that, regardless of that, I can't see how that doesn't cause some kind of chemistry issues. And then even beyond just social, emotional, whatever, on the basketball basketball court, we see with the Knicks right now, having the Lakers even having a different lineup every night in game in game out, it gets confusing and it gets really hard to build that cohesiveness that is so vital to a team doing well and you know down the line down the stretch. So I think having a guy who can only play in certain games and, and you don't know, you know, one game he, he could drop 20, he could be, you know, your starting point guard. He, he looks like he's got really something going with the, with the other starting four. And then the next night he's off because they're at home. You know, that to me, that's really an infringement on the potential that this Nets team has. Now, this is a great team. They, they've been first place without him. They haven't had KD always. They haven't had Harden always, and they still managed to stay in first. So as far as the team as a whole, I'm not concerned, but uh, I, I don't I don't love the situation having Kyrie only be there, you know, what, 70, 60, 50 percent of the time. Yeah, and Kelly, just to your point, um, last time that's played was after that Saturday press conference. And according to Brooklyn Nets PR, they've had 14 different guys start this season and they're only halfway through. So. Yeah. Exactly. So another guy comes in and messes that all up. I mean, yeah, if, if I'm a player on the team, I'm not thrilled about it. If I'm a fan, I'm worried about the ability for Steve Nash to be able to create like a set lineup that you, that you're going to take going to playoffs. I mean, think about the playoffs in a playoff series, you're not home the whole time. So, so what are you going to do when game six, game seven is on the road and you don't have him there? Yeah, I definitely agree. Chris, do you, do you second that? You have any thoughts of your own or? Wouldn't Kyrie not be able to play at home, but be able to play on the road? Yep. Part-time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I messed up. I just thought you were right, and then I was like, because you guys are the reporters, so you would know, and then I, I don't know. I was all confused. Um, that's, what, that's also – like, that's the other weird thing. Like, you can't play at home, but you can play on the road. Even if you're on the road in a city that their players can't play at home if they're not vaccinated because you still have the road player vaccination exception. So, so it makes absolutely like, I, I, it's, it's just like, you know, to, to, to use like LeBron's when Le, LeBron was like something fishy is going on. I don't think something fishy is going on here. I just think there's like an intentional inconsistency by the NBA in regards to kind of like chugging this product along. Um, I don't want to be like too much of a, I don't want to get the tinfoil hat back on, but like Christmas, the Christmas day slate, which we'll get into, of course, speaking of Kelly's hat is in two days. And that's um, a really big cash cow for the league. Uh, personally, like the concept of hot chocolate and like warriors, Steph Curry versus Rockets, James Harden, and all those games, like that, that was like heaven for me. You know, I think Jack was was right on when we started this episode saying that, you know, Christmas and, and NBA go really well together. I'm someone who has actually seen the Knicks lose twice on Christmas Day uh, to the 76ers and to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, oh, 
the Ennis Cantor Freedom 30 and 20 rebound game. I was I was there for against Joel Embiid. Yes, he put up 30 and 20, and Kristaps Porzingis and him still managed to blow it in the clutch. Um, I digress. <laughs> the the Christmas games are coming right up. And I just think like overall, it seems like they're kind of rushing through this thing. Um, for example, uh, you know, maybe this is something we touch on quickly in regards to some of the local teams, um, as opposed to a pause or anything, you know, I thought what they could do was on like the 16th pause until today and then come back tomorrow and on Christmas day and play those games, but just let some of these positive tests blow over. Um, but instead they implemented the 10 day hardship rule. And teams are now able to really easily add players to 10-day deals um, as, as a way of just getting warm bodies out onto the court, you know, that are eligible to play. So we've seen a couple signings, you know, the New York Knicks bringing back uh, someone who I used to very much enjoy watching play basketball, Mr. Damian Dotson. Um, and then they also went out and got uh, Matt Mooney, who is a two-year-ago March Madness star. Um, and then just today, they, they made a pickup. I don't know if I, don't know if I want to let the, the Knicks reporter do the, do the break, you know, a little, little quick discussion. Kelly, you can go ahead. Oh, I mean, it's because you don't want to say his first name. We've been having I'll say, I'll say it. You want me to do it? the debate before the show. You want me to do it? His name. I'll do it. Daniel House Jr. is back for the Knicks, 10-day hardship clause. Um, I, for one, as much as crappy as the situation has been and how much of a Band-Aid solution this whole thing is, I've really enjoyed the not only just seeing the names that get signed, but the conversations about who potentially we could see in the next few weeks with this clause. I mean, guy, it's funny. Like, it's funny. It's entertaining. And for me, it's like a good, it, and if we want to talk marketing and revenue generating by the NBA to get these names that people pr- basically have forgotten about and to bring them back for 10 days, it's kind of an interesting phenomenon that we're seeing. I mean, I, I'm a Celtics fan, so seeing Iso Joe hit a dagger in the game yesterday, that like was that was fun. fun to watch. That he, He's been playing big three basketball for like two years. I'm very good at big three basketball. I'm a two-time MVP, but to see him back in the league, like that, that's fun. If as, as crappy as it, as it is to see these big names go out and it's just so frustrating. I do, I do. I have enjoyed uh, the 10 day policy. I keep waiting. I think Jim Fredette, we got to see him soon. Ah, um, I love that. That's one, one name that's I keep looking out for. It's just, it's funny to see the names that people have suggested whether on Twitter or just in conversation. So I have enjoyed this whole 10 day hardship thing. Yeah. Let's just do the COVID talk right now, because as of this morning, I I saw that that Woj said 123 players have entered the health and safety protocols this month alone. And I love seeing on Twitter, like Woj and Sean's just like breaking it. Like it's the draft, like guys going out and then guys coming in. And I think the replacement players have been really fun to watch. And I just want to hear your guys' takes on, like, who your favorite player has been to see or someone you're expecting. Like, uh, the Jimmer Fredette prediction is incredible. That's a guy I would love to see. I think he plays for the Shanghai Sharks right now. Oh, yeah. Why not come overseas? Yeah. Is there anyone that, you, like, has been on the radar for you guys, like, 
or, or a favorite player, Kelly or Chris? I, mean, I called Damian Dotson on one-on-one. I just like to play that because I can't believe I called that. Um, I My favorite player to watch, I just said Iso Joe. I mean, Joe Johnson. I can't – he's – 40 years old and he's dropping buckets in an NBA game. I think it's, it's awesome to watch that. Um, as far as someone I'm, I, I said, Jim referred at name. I have the answer. If you, you have need the answer. JJ Reddick's another one who I think might come back for a little bit. Who? I missed the name. Sorry. JJ Reddick. Oh, no, he's podcast. got a podcast. He's good. A podcaster. <laughs> a podcast, but like what, what great content for your podcast. If you need a second and think of that other name, Kelly, I was going to say it would, how great would it be to see former Nick, former Cavalier, former Sacramento King. Uh, and I, I don't remember any other teams, but let's see how long it takes you guys to guess, to, to, to name that Pokemon. Um, former, former Nick. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Pikachu cup for, for the listeners. In Mr. Roach's hand. Uh, former Nick, former Cavalier, former King. I think maybe also a former, no, not, not a Rocket. Um, a champion of not just the NBA, but of dancing. Iman Shumpert. Yeah, there we go. Let's see a comeback from Mr. Iman Shumpert. Dancing with the Stars champion. NBA goat. Put back dunk. Legend in Madison Square Garden. You're telling me he can't do, you know, eight to 12 a night, sprinkle of perimeter defense, smidge of corner threes, maybe, maybe a little ball handling in garbage time. See what he's got. And uh, that's it. 10 days. Let him go. Let's have some fun with it. Iman Shumpert. That is my number one desire for, for comeback player only because I know that J.R. Smith is busy golfing. (laughs) No, he's busy balling out being an academic weapon. He got a, what, 4 us Because he's a student athlete. Student athlete. Because he's golfing. Listen, Kelly Bright will tell you first that student comes before athlete, yeah. okay? I'm here. This Is this considered student, though? Right? Say it again? Is, is doing FUV, is that student? Or is that like a separate category altogether? Extra between the two. That's like the middle of the Venn diagram. Athlete. Um. <laughs> I would love to see him. I mean, he's on break right now. So get a little 10 days in and he'll be back at school, you know, no time missed. Um, So I'd love to see him come back. But for me personally, I haven't kind of made any predictions of guys to, to bring um, like, I I don't have the predictions like you guys, you guys are nailing it. So I'll stick with the guys who have already been signed. One love seeing Isaiah Thomas come back just because of, you know, he was bad. He was bad the other night though. Oh, he, he was like oh for 13 he had a oh <laughs> that's really nasty yeah he had a great first game back and then he had the he, first two games were good third game struggled and his tweet was like it was like ah oh, next game up or something like that <laughs> as if he's been in the league or as if he's been starting the whole time oh i'll give one, you a prediction actually jamal ran oh that's a good one that's but, a good one. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas. Love to see Jamal Crawford. And then something between that is Mario Chalmers going to the G League. Would love to see him in an NBA game. So Nuggets, you know, no Jamal Murray. Let's see some some Mario Chalmers. Big they got They got the best player in the league, Faku Campazo. So I don't yeah, know. He's, he's actually they've they've got <laughs> They've uh, got Faku and they've got Monte Morris. 
too. I like both of those guys. And my both, weird. I, don't, I always have things for weird, like random players around the league, like Thad Young, like big Thad Young guy. I love Bones Highland too. I I was really big on him pre-draft. I think I even um. I'll look really quick right now. I want to say I might have had him a spot ahead of Deuce McBride. Your favorite? You ready for this, Kelly? My I'm big ready. board, 20 Bones, 21 Trey, 22 Deuce. Oh, my God. I had I had TM3 at 21, Bones a spot ahead, and Deuce a spot behind him. So <laughs> that, that's pretty funny how that works out. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Speaking of – you're talking about Sham tweets and Woj tweets – Bobby Portis, you guys know, my favorite player in the entire he league. Complained. He complained because they didn't announce him. He was like, what about me? I'm in protocols. That might have been my favorite tweet of the week, to be honest. Man, it's funny because these guys, like, they know um, all this media stuff. They get it. So <laughs> it's, it's funny when they, they interact with uh, the reporters, even like in other leagues, you know, guys will tweet at Rappaport or Schefter or – Someone will tweet at, um, oh, no, I'm blanking on the name. Passan, Jeff Passan. Mm-hmm. He's the man, by the way. Big fan of Jeff. Oh, he's great. Passan. It is Passan. Passan. It, it, it All right. Uh, real like quick. Model. Real see, quick. Jeff will be, like, ratioing people on Twitter because he has, like, hilarious. so many he's... followers. I'm like, he's like me, but with the, with the platform, I'm like, that's so funny. <laughs> Real quick, I want to get to the, you know, part of the show when I just turn my mic off and let you guys do your Knicks stuff because I, I have nothing to add here. I know right now the Knicks get R.J. Barrett back from health and safety protocols, but as uh, we got a nice informative video last night, uh, Derek Rose will be out. Uh, Kemba Walker's been playing pretty well, so I just want to give either of you t- two guys kind of like a – a minute just to talk about how you feel about the Knicks right now. Cause I've got nothing to add. Chris, I'll let you start. I know, I know you always have a lot to say about this team. I'm right now. I honestly don't have much to say as I pr- oh. proceed my six minute rant. And it's my, uh, it's, it's just all the COVID protocols that, that makes me feel this way. Um, you know, I think that the team was just getting to a point somehow 25 games in where you could say hey I think we've put this together in a way where we can really start to see what we have here um Mitch starting to move again and not be hurt and overweight Noel still cooked um Taj not getting minutes um you know like there's just like some clear things like Mitch talks about being overweight you know like there's just some clear things going on that are not optimal and they were all just starting to clear up. And then, you know, the whole league kind of kind of just got COVID. Um, I like what, what they figured out in the time without some of these guys, which is that Deuce McBride is ready for minutes. Like he played his butt off in that one game where he got to play like 18, 20 minutes. Um, and I think, you know, when you get Grimes back, him, him and Grimes are going to make it tough on the veterans. I, I like having them because I think it's going to make those veterans really feel like they need to play to earn those spots. Um, teams like the Raptors, Spurs, Nuggets, all these years, right? They draft in the first round at the end of the first round. They stick that kid in the G League year one. 
Year two, he sits at the, the the as a reserve, doesn't even suit up. Year three, he he suits up and is on the back of the bench. And then year four, he's like, you know, a random rising star. We're like, where the heck did this kid come from? It's because he had better veterans ahead of him at the time on a team that was competing, but um, was learning all the right things and was practicing all the, you know, training in all the right ways. I think the Knicks are at a point now, with at least with Thibodeau being their head coach, where you know they're going to be competitive and I think they finally have a scouting department that seems to be nailing these picks. I mean, Obi really did not look great to start his rookie year. Now you could say is, is one of the best players for this team when he plays every night. Um, he's, he's darn good. Emmanuel quickly 25th pick in the draft, you know, considered a big reach. He's turned out looking pretty good as well. Deuce Grimes Sims um, all looking pretty good when they get to play. So I just think what what you learn what you're learning about the team right now is is how they operate in you know moments of unexpected scrambled stress like this and also you know it kind of gives a look into their their um third and fourth string lines of depth and kind of our our guys that we're bringing up for the future and it kind of lets you see what you have in them and then if you want an evil angle it also lets other teams see what we have in them and with trades being able to open up now all those contract restrictions opening up you know what if the Knicks are going after Miles Turner and the Pacers you know didn't really think we had anything they wanted too too much besides a bunch of draft picks but now they've fallen in love with Quentin Grimes from from his minutes and they they would take him in a deal if we gave up a certain amount of other you know, it's just getting these guys a shot that they, they should have gotten already. Um, and I think I think that's a positive you can take away from it. The negative here for me on the team is that they still don't look great. <laughs> so I know there's a, a lot of players still to come back and shuffle in back to the rotation and all that, but they they need to pick things up, as, as Kelly would agree. To be fair, I just saw them play. It was against the Pistons. But I just saw them play one of the better games I've seen from them in a long time. And they're missing a lot of those guys you just mentioned, those those young stars that we've seen develop this year. So I don't know if you want to call that like a fluke because they're playing one of the worst teams in the league in Cade Cunningham, who actually I'm worried about because he just tested positive and M. Fournier was guarding him the whole game. And I'm just I keep checking my phone because I'm supposed to be going to the game tonight. And I'm like, I'm just waiting for more tests to come in. All that being said, I think you're pretty spot on with your assessment of the team right now. It has been a frustrating past couple of weeks. They went on a pretty rough home record. I think they lost like what, five in a row at home. So that was frustrating to see. And it's just, it, the issue is it's the same problems that it's all year and they just keep repeating. So it's been nice to see a few of those things be addressed, especially with we're seeing that great guard play out of McBride Grimes. It's unfortunate that they are in COVID protocol, especially most of the guys in protocol right now had great, great games right before they tested positive or came into contact tracing. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play coming out of those 10 days or, or however long it takes for them to be cleared. They are getting RJ and, o- and OB also back tonight. So that'll be interesting to see uh, what Thibodeau does with OB, especially Nerlens Noel out. RJ too. You know, yeah, when we start him, I think, is the yeah, question. Yeah, I, I can see. I mean, right now, everything's up in there. I believe Kemba Walker is going to start again. I, I don't see why he wouldn't. He's given them 50 uh, in back-to-back games. Um, really fun to see Mitchell Robinson play well. He has been 
disappointing to say the least all year. So seeing him able to have that night, I'm not sure how many nights we're going to get like that. Uh, the Pistons didn't really have anyone uh, to body up with him. Didn't really have anyone to challenge. So I don't think that's something we're going to see a lot moving forward, but I thought you brought up an interesting point about trade value moving forward. I hadn't really thought about that, but that could be a downside of having some of these younger guys play so well. I said it was evil. Yeah. I, I is, did say it was evil. That is worrisome. I haven't, like, I've just been so focused on how that helps the Knicks, and the, especially, I, I don't even know if you meant, Derek Rose is out for eight weeks, so I think we're only going to see more of these young guys. Oh, um, my gosh. I was not happy. I, I was, as you guys saw, recording <laughs> a podcast when that news yeah, dropped. My reaction was not safe for work to, to be played <laughs> Literally not all. We definitely can't use some of that language on an FUV show, but I think the sentiment where sentiment there is that without Derek Rose, this team's playoff implications change a lot, change a lot. And I, you know, regardless of how well McBride's able to play, how regardless of if this Kemba, the past two games is something that we're going to see moving forward, not having Derek Rose, that, that hurts. That just hurts. That's all. That's I was all. thinking about, I was thinking about maybe um, a little, little Nerlens Noel or Mitchell Robinson, a little Kemba Walker, a little Kevin Knox, little uh, Charlotte protected first, Dallas protected first, 2023 second, 2024 second, little throw it in the cauldron, mix it up, send it out, and uh, get Miles Turner back. Um, These are crazy. If you think that package is worth anything. (laughs) What do you think the center market looks like right now? You think GMs are knocking around being like, hey, let me give you three firsts for Clint Capella. What do you think? What do you think centers are going for? What I heard is like, okay, I don't know if you guys are big baseball fans. I know that Kelly is, but (laughs) I – Every offseason, I hear, like, the Yankees. Yankees fans, Lakers fans, Cowboys fans, they all think they're trading their garbage. Okay, I saw I saw a Laker fan say, are we trading Taylor Horton Tucker for DeMontis Sabonis or Miles Turner? Like, which one are we going to swap THT for? I was like, you're going to swap THT for Mo Bamba, man. Like, I don't know who you think you're getting. But yeah, Jack, I, I get your point. I'm just, my whole point there was that I thought Kemba would be someone they use in a deal before the deadline. And now Rose is out for two months. Um, who knows? You know, the, the trade deadline falls in around February usually. And if Rose takes the full eight weeks to come back, then he might be back after the trade deadline. Um, things might get weird. Things might get weird here in New York, but uh, overall, like to just to, to summarize, I, I don't hate where this team is right now. I don't love it, though. And I like where this team is headed. I really think um, to call someone out specifically, I think Julius Randle's offense has turned a corner the last couple games. He's finally looked like he cares. Because um, he's not the primary ball handler right now. And that's appreciated. Yeah, yeah it, it's like. We have a 6'9", 255 offensive weapon who can shoot, pass, and dribble. And they're like, hey, go be LaJulius James when, you know, we're supposed to have guards that can get him going as a, a role man. So I just think they, they, they need a couple more games um, as they get guys back from COVID to kind of settle in. But I think Kelly and I are both feeling uh, similarly optimistic about not like being a, you know, top team or whatever, just looking like a regular organized basketball team on a night in night out basis, win or loss process, not results. 
Chris, just letting you know, NBA trade deadline, February 10th. So we'll, we'll keep you that on our calendars. And, you know, another day, everyone's looking forward to Christmas. I know there's one game in particular that, that you're looking forward to, Chris. Knicks play the Hawks. That's first game of, of the whole day. They play at 12 o'clock Eastern time. But there are other games. There are four other games. I think they're all going to be good. If it wasn't for COVID putting up Wilt Chamberlain numbers, as Chris would say, they'd be even better. Well, Cali um, has a game to be excited about as well. If you wanna, if you wanna announce that, isn't there? A, isn't the next one Celtics? Am I mistaken? Is the is the next one played after after Knicks Hawks? It um, is. It is. Uh, is that is that the the, the pick? Because I was gonna ask you guys if, if you had picks for for the games you've got circled on the calendar. Ah, uh, no, that would not be my pick. I'll let Kelly go first. That it, it might be hers, but she might shock us. So let's hear. Well, it. I have a feeling that. I think it's pretty obvious the most competitive game, at least here, has got to be Warrior Suns. Um, least amount of big names and protocol, if anything, and two best teams in the league. And the fact that they've each won a game against each other now, this is like the rubber match. I think that has to be that game circle for everybody. Um, I am a Celtics fan, and we and Celtics still have Jalen Brown. They still have Jason Tatum, so they still have two other good guys. And anytime you get to play the defending champs, it's it's going to be a good game. And I think. Giannis might be back in time, possibly, maybe not. It's very up in the air. I think he's like oh. around the 25th is when he could or may or may not get cleared. Yeah, if so. I'm circling that game. If not, I'm sticking with uh, Sons of Warriors has to be a great one. It's tough because the 10 days, when the 10 days are up, a player can come back, but they, you know, allegedly have been doing nothing for 10 days. So we don't know if a team wants to get them back in the rotation better. Um, if it's a superstar player, do you risk injuring them by getting them back in with no conditioning? Do you care because it's Christmas and you want them to play? Does Adam Silver care? You know, like there's a lot of factors here. Uh, and I don't mean to like reach and ask like, you know, too revealing of questions, but like, I, I just say like, you know, there's, there's a lot of factors into whether these guys play or, or what goes on. Um, Warriors sons was going to be my pick. But I was going to surprise you guys and be like, actually, I would have to say my personal, like what I'm looking most forward to would honestly have to be Kyrie versus LeBron. But now COVID protocols, and all this stuff. So I'm going to, I'm going to go chalk here. I'm going to go chalk and I'm going to go Knicks Hawks, 12 PM Julius Randle. Um, laid an absolute goose egg in the playoffs last year, save for the second half of game two. Um, that's five games played times two. That's 10 halves of basketball. And he played really well in, in one out of 10 halves. He now has two halves of basketball in two days to prove to New York City that, you know, even in tough times, he is is who you know he wants to be seen as he is a a top player even if not a number one option on a contender he's a guy who can take on a a potentially shorthanded hogs team and at least give them a fight not not get you know rolled over um again rj and obi back I know some of those kids are still out quickly really important at the garden you know those those deep threes like if you told me they were all worth four points, I I'd believe it just in the sense that like 
the extent to which a quickly three fires up the crowd and re-engages them back in the game, like it's it's more valuable than than you know uh, and anyone besides Obi pretty much hitting a three pointer uh, to to the guarding crowd. And I just think that's a matchup. You know, start the day off, wake up, maybe uh, you know op- open some gifts first, but then get into your noon Christmas uh, basketball showing. Knicks Hawks. It should be a f- good first game. No, Trey Young, though. You know what? It's they got got Bogdan back. They got Bogdan back. I'm pretty sure they have Gallo and Clint. Um, And then it's at the Garden. Well, Clint Gallo's out, too. They they don't have him back. Wow. All right. I'm the Grinch right now. Wow. All right. No, I Easier win for the Knicks. Well, better I chance. Thought they, I thought they had everyone but Trey pretty much. I knew Bogdan came back like last night. So Capella out 21st. She- All right. So uh, then in the, in that case, the Knicks better win this one. But <laughs> I will I will say it to the national audience who's not watching this game because they're a Knicks fan. Um Put some faith in the Madison Square Garden crowd to keep this one entertaining for you because – Man, are are they fun to hear on TV? <laughs> I am not shocked by by the pick at all, and I don't think you're going to be shocked by my pick either. Um, yeah. And I, you know, everyone wants to see the you know Kyrie come back against LeBron and like you know the clash uh, of the two teams, both um, you know having success. Uh, I'm not going to say having success because Kyrie's not doing anything uh, other than having COVID. But they're both in different cities, both doing their thing. What I will say about the Lakers and the Nets is that James Harden's coming back. He's going to have to kind of run the whole show because it's looking like Kevin Durant's not going to be there. So it's going to be James Harden and a bunch of role players. And then you've got the Lakers who are struggling, you know, having struggles of their own. So while it's not the narrative that everyone's hyping up, I'm definitely still excited to see these two teams because James Harden's my favorite player in the league. For Christmas, I asked for a James Harden jersey with their, you know, city edition jersey. So maybe I'll have something new to wear for the next Pick and Pod episode. But for now, that is going to do it for our, you know, Christmas COVID mashup uh, episode. If, if that's it, I don't know if you guys have anything else to add, but I, I think that's going to do it. And I'm Jack Roach here with my hosts, Kelly Bright and Chris Persiain. And we're signing off and wishing everyone a happy holiday season. Pick and Pod is a production of WFU Sports.